blue wire. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 164 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson here with Joshua Perry. And we know that college football is getting closer when we have some major matchup announcements. And so just this week, they have announced some big-time matchups for the first weekend in college football. So uh, getting your perspective on it, we've got Georgia and Oregon opening things up for the afternoon game. And then following that, your Ohio State Buckeyes – with Notre Dame and their new head coach, I thought that that was a pretty good setup there for night one. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, you know, talking about some of these matchups, I think that's what people get so excited about with college football is lately we have seen a push toward some of the like marquee matchups early on the season for a couple of reasons. Number one, you win the game that boosts your resume. Uh, so if you drop one later on the season, you can say, well, we got an early season victory over a really good team in terms of the college football playoff. And then reason two is if you lose the game early on and you went out, you still got a really good shot at making it. So it sets up nicely for us to be able to watch teams like Georgia and Oregon go at it, where you got Dan Landing as the new head coach of Oregon visit, you know, uh, hooking up basically with his old squad. So, you know, there's going to be some intrigue there. And then a similar thing with Marcus Freeman, who played at Ohio state and he brought over some Ohio state guys going to the horseshoe, like, this is what we all wanted out of college football, and we're going to get it early on in the year. Yeah, and that doesn't even uh, cap off the weekend because it is Labor Day weekend. So, of course, you're mm-hmm. going to get a Sunday game. So they went ahead and put, you know, the LSU-Florida State matchup in on Sunday. I, I know that those are, are two programs that right now we don't really know what's happening with them with LSU obviously not having at Orgeron anymore and Florida State has just been a work in progress but when it all comes down to it it's two big brands yes and and that's again he want to put those brands in front of as many eyeballs as possible and it's going to draw like the uh the early season game last year Florida State Notre Dame like that drew really well and Florida State really pushed Notre Dame to their limit in that one so you never know what's going to happen there and, and Brian Kelly now at LSU, he's recruited pretty well, trying to get that thing figured out there. So we don't know what that team's going to be like exactly. Uh, but again, like that's going to be a huge matchup. Now, it's always interesting to me, the SEC teams, when they play these games um, that are neutral sites, it's always Georgia going to Atlanta and LSU going to New Orleans, which is basically like a home game. Um, so I got a, a little bit of a problem with that out of all these matchups, but still going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly gets everybody excited. I think, you know, the college football season, this is about the time where you start to realize, okay, things are going to start to amp up. And before we know it, we're, you know, seeing camp starting up. You're you're starting to hear a little bit more about the programs and how they're coming along. So this is always a fun part, part of the year when you hear those announcements and you can really start to get get yourself ready as the summer approaches. Okay, so let's get into what has taken over uh, the college football scene this week. And of course, it it has to do with a 
uh, seasoned, very, very successful head coach who continues to keep himself relevant no matter what age or how many championships he's won. I just feel like he's always in the media somehow. So Nick Saban, head coach at Alabama, uh, was talking with Paul Feinbaum this week, and he brought up the subject of parody. And it wasn't, uh, you know, with all this NIL stuff going on, you know, there's so much going on right now at the transfer portal. And so Saban was having a conversation. He pretty much came out and said, everything college football has always had parody. Same scholarship, same academic support, healthcare, whatever it is, Saban said. And he went on to say, and I don't think we have that balance right now, which could affect the parity of college football and college athletics as a whole. Your thoughts, because I know we've talked about this before, but here we have Saban now talking about parity. Oh, man, it's um, <laughs> there's no parity in, in <laughs> college football specifically, uh, college athletics generally, but specifically college football. So. Let's stop right there. There is zero parity. And even when you boil it down to things like, oh, well, you know, some teams have the same scholarships and they got the same health care and all those things, that's totally fine. But even the same resources don't exist in theory. So sure, schools have the same scholarships, but do they all have the same facilities? And you talk about they have the same academic support, but do they have the same building that they're using it out of where it's only football for some people, but all sports have to share in other places. And you talk about they've got uh, the, the same health care. I'm not exactly sure about all that. So parity doesn't exist. I know some people keep saying that this is Saban feeling like he's losing a grip. First off, the dude is old. So if he wants to retire, he can do that. Yeah. Like if he if, if there is a grip that he's losing, he can just call it quits. And like, you know, he's in his 70s. Nobody's going to care. But I keep saying it. I don't think this is Saban saying that he is losing a grip. His grip is totally fine. This is Saban saying, dude, I will further pummel some of your programs into the ground so far that y'all may not be able to recover from this. And I'm trying to help you out because we need to put 12 games on the schedule. Yeah. I need other people to play. Y'all need to be around even if we beat that behind. Um, so it's it's always interesting to hear him like in one regard, dude, parody's gone. Don't even try to play that card. But I still, for anybody who says, well, Saban's getting scared, not that guy. Not no, he's not. I think it's so funny. That's a great point, Joshua. Um, that he's kind of like giving a warning in a in a in a, a different type of way, where he's saying, "Look, um, this is this is going to you know make some programs even more stronger." Like we're looking at USC right now, Joshua, and and I'm I'm already kind of like seeing what's going to happen with USC just because of the transfer portal situation. I mean, you might as well call it transfer you right now. That is what USC right. is becoming. And when they have Lincoln Riley in charge over there, and then they have all these transfers heading that way, as long as he can do what he's, he's done at Oklahoma. And I don't see why he can't do that at USC. Um, I feel like that program is going to possibly catapult up to to being really really good in a short amount of time and you could see USC you know being one of these schools now that starts to just pummel other schools because 
this is what's going to help them is is all 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 of these changes but with Nick Saban saying that you think he gives a damn about uh it's not going to affect his program i mean Alabama is Alabama and they have created uh if anything the non-parity because they keep whooping up on everybody i mean there's a couple other schools in the mix but Saban doesn't have to worry about that. So I just thought it was funny that he's coming out here talking about parity because I think he knows, like, it's not affecting our program. Um, Listen, and there is it, no it's, I mean, there hasn't there, been. There's no parity. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> even you put up USC's new uh, roster with all the transfer guys and Lincoln Riley and all of his imagination. Saban's still probably going to be favored by two touchdowns in that game. And I'm not <laughs> right, saying right. that to be, like, salacious or inflammatory i'm saying that because bryce young is still bryce young yes and alabama's defense with will anderson is still alabama's defense with will anderson like it, it lincoln riley can have a couple new faces some guys on offense still don't think their defense is going to be that good still think that their program is going to be a little bit soft they're playing out in the west coast so it's not the meat grinder they're going to probably look better than they are until they start to play some teams from the right. sec or the big 10 right so like all that to say, Saban ain't worried. He's not worried. No. Not for no. him. He's worried for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And by that time, Saban will be on his boat sipping a cocktail. Like, Which, Saban, I'm, he doesn't have that many years left in coaching. Can we talk about how sick some of these old coaches are? Bill Belichick, <laughs> Nick Saban, as old as you guys are, and all, yeah. all you care about is winning championships. And I get I it. Know. I've been a champion before. I love the way it feels. Bro. Bro, go to your lake house, get on your That's boat. That's what I'm saying. Eat, eat an oatmeal cream pie, drink a yeah. Coca-Cola. You're good. You are I, good. If I'm Miss Terry, who if you guys don't know, that's what who we that's Saban's wife. We call her Miss Terry. I just remember when Saban was hired uh, at Alabama and they flew in on their, you know, plane in Tuscaloosa. And that was my first really major press conference that I covered because I worked in Montgomery, Alabama. And I remember Miss Terry. Miss Terry was cooler than Nick Saban because they sat sure. up and they did this introduction. And and he, she runs the show. If if you guys have never heard about their relationship, like Miss Terry really runs the show. She's, like she's a badass. And so I'm just wondering at this point, is Miss Terry just saying keep coaching because I don't want to deal with your ass at home? Like just keep coaching know. and doing your I mean, thing because I, I can't handle you 24 hours a day or is I mean, she saying nick let's hang it up like just you know just swallow your pride you've won enough i always wonder in those relationships like what it's like Me because too. again she's a, she is not one of those like oh i go home and i cook dinner yeah she does probably some of those things but she rules the roost Joshua. She probably loves it as much as he does, honestly. I know, like, right? As long as they've been together, I think there are she's got she's suffering from the same affliction he is. I think so to too. Football. You know, like she literally just has to love the rhythm of it and love the competition yeah. of it and, and love she probably loves the satisfaction he gets out of the yep. sports too. Now I'm a, I'm gonna give everybody a little quick financial lesson too on a guy like Saban. So you know <laughs> especially as of late money in college football has exploded. Um, yeah. But you know, five, $10 million a year, you pay taxes, you pay your agent. So 50% of that's still left. You got housing expenses, all that, whatever the case is. So let's say out of $10 million, he's got, uh, you know, 
conservatively, and this is saying that his expenses are high and he doesn't find any way to avoid the taxes, that he's pocketing $3 million of that after all of everything's paid. Like that's what goes in the bank to savings every year. Mm-hmm. On average, if you were invested in the S&P 500, which returns around about 10% over its lifetime on average, your money will double every seven years. So Saban is a multimillionaire so many times over that it's like these guys, when you put it in that context, because like it's hard for people to imagine having like multiple millions of dollars and still like working as hard as he does. That's why I say that these people are ill because for me, like I'm I'm a grinder. I know you're a grinder. So like the, the money is just an added benefit to doing something that you really enjoy. And I feel like these guys are there. At the same time, when I am in my 70s and I look in my bank account I know. and I have tens of millions of dollars, tens of millions just chilling, laying there, you bet your ass I'm not going to be working. No. And if anything, because I I'm like, I am built different in terms of like some people, and I feel like you're this way too, like some people have got to be doing something like you have to be keeping your mind going in some capacity, but that doesn't mean that you have to be coaching one of the, one of the most caliber programs and recruiting and dealing with all of the other crap now that goes along with being a head coach at 70. Like, I don't want to be doing that. Now, I do I want to be doing some things like out on the golf course or, you know, maybe doing some part-time stuff here and there, something that I love. Sure. But not coaching at 70, not, not doing what I'm doing now at 70. Heck, you know, what Saban should be doing is uh, the typical old retired coach thing is roaming around the sidelines at practice. Just, just going to wherever you want to go. Call Ryan day on the phone. Yep. Hey Ryan, I'd love to come check your operation out. Maybe give you some feedback. Sure. Saban come down, fly into Columbus, you know, stay at the nicest hotel there, eat at Jeff Ruby's. Ryan takes you around, shows you the deal. You come to practice, you stand on the sideline with your arms folded and a notepad in your hands. You give him a few notes and then you're off to the next spot. Yep, exactly. That's that. There's so much you could like still be involved with. Cause I think when it comes down to it, what I do love about Saban is I think he does it for the right reasons, like clearly. Mm -hmm. And I just think he really loves being around these young men and helping them, you know, get to the next level or just helping them develop to just a a better young man while in college. And I think that's truly the reason why he does what he does. And so I can understand, too, why it's hard for him to, to go and retire at this point. But I think you could always stay involved. I think that that's just one thing nowadays with social media or TV or whatever it may be. Like, you're going to have that opportunity to do that. So I just, I am curious. I know we kind of got off subject on on uh, his quote. But honestly, I'm just wondering at this point, every day, I'm like, is this going to be the, the day that he says, well, I'm going to retire after this season. So it's just something we have to keep in mind. I, I know it's crazy, but my goodness. He's getting up there, Joshua. He's getting up there. He is. Could you imagine Saban as a TV analyst? I, he's, I'll tell you this much. I, we, I think I'd learn a lot. I'm I, sure I would, too. I, I, I mean, feel like I was getting chastised in the process. That's, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the man is going to – it's going to be a different type of analysis. I'll tell you that much. Man, he's going to give it to you straight. 
He is. All I mean, right, he's... now, look at these guys. They're not hustling. They're not finishing yeah, to the ball. Right? All right. Now, if this was my program, they wouldn't be playing. It, okay, Saban. I'd, kind of, I'd be, like, okay with if Saban had his own segment called Coach, like Coach's Corner yes. or something. And so they brought him in like they do, like, rule analysts and stuff. They brought him in on situational things and then gave you he gave his straightforward opinion like yeah, i'd like be a here really for bad that. blown coverage or like yeah, a, an egregious yeah. turnover and then saving pops in yep i'd be here for that i'm always about just adding in something and you know what sometimes straightforward opinion from uh grandfather saban let's do it That's you hilarious. know so maybe maybe tv in his future in a little bit of the capacity is 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 what we'll be seeing in the future well, uh, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. A real quick one today, but hopefully you got it in on your drive to work. And we have so much more as we gear up for college football. And, of course, we always enjoy you guys listening, tuning in. So don't forget to subscribe to Press Pass Podcast. Where can they go to find you on social media? You can find me at RIP underscore J-E-P on Twitter and Instagram. Uh Really cool interview I got to do on the rally uh, this week. Actually, I think a lot of our listeners would appreciate it. My guy from Columbus, Luke Fedlum, he's a partner at Porter Wright Law Firm running the sports law division. Um, He has Anomaly Sports Group, which advises uh, collegiate professional athletes as well as athletic departments and organizations. He stopped by. He is the foremost name, image, and likeness expert and advisor. Um, He's not there to be an agent. Um, he's not there to make money off of players doing deals. He is there simply to provide guidance and yep. to help people through this landscape. He has so much information. I wish the interview could have been longer. Check it out if you're interested in NIL. It's about five minutes, but it just gives you a quick primer. And we're, we're hoping to get him back on the show so we can dive a little bit deeper. But awesome guy. Yeah, that's really cool, especially, you know, this is such a new thing and, and for him to be more of a of a guidance type of personality, even though he has obviously the law background and can deal a lot with that side of things. Again, I think it's important. We've touched on that on this show before about just giving these, these younger athletes guidance now with all that money that is out there and just how to do things uh, to set yourself up for the future and not, you know, blow everything that you have now. Uh, And it just, again, some of these guys are so young. I just think they need a, a guidance uh, type of person to help them along. So that's really cool. Check out that interview. Uh, you can find me on uh, at Kayla Anderson TV, Instagram and Twitter. And we appreciate you guys. You have a great weekend, a safe weekend, and we'll be back next week. Talk to you later.